Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's, uh, it's Friday. It's April 16th. I'm Dan Benjamin, and you are in the right place. This is the best place for you to be no matter when you're watching this. Even if you're watching this, even if, even if you're hearing my voice and it's no longer the 16th of April 2021, it's decades from now. This is the ultimate time capsule. This is what really happened, right? Like this is, this is the, the real deal. So let's get started because there's some interesting uh, news today. Uh, by the way, I'm Dan Benjamin. You can follow me pretty much anywhere that you'd like. I'm on Instagram at Dan Benjamin, Twitter at Dan Benjamin, and here on YouTube at Dan Benjamin. And of course, if you want to support the show, which I'm really counting on you doing, it's at patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. That is the only place to go right now to support this program and the other work that I do. A lot of people who enjoy the other shows that I do will go and say, well, I want to support John Roderick. I want to support Merlin. And they'll go to the individual pages to support them. You can do that too. Go to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin and support me. Help me pay my bills. And while you're at it, while you're here on YouTube, since Periscope's gone, be sure to like and subscribe and uh, ring, ring the little bell. Did I miss it? I missed it. Let me do it again. Come on. Play nicely today. Oh, it's not playing nicely today. There it is. Ring the bell. Because that's the only way you're going to know when I have started the show. Since Periscope is gone and Restream has not yet said how they're going to work with Twitter media streaming. So what's going to happen? I don't know. All right. Some bad news. And who likes to start with bad news? Uh, But you probably heard about this FedEx shooting. Um, Police are trying to identify the gunman that was involved in this shooting Uh, and what his motive was. Basically, he went to a FedEx facility near the Indianapolis airport. He killed eight people and then killed himself. Uh, I don't want us to become desensitized to mass shootings, but it seems like we're going to have to become desensitized to mass shootings, like because they're happening constantly. This is not a show where I will debate or get into the whole concept very much of why and what we can do about it and what kind of gun control law should be enacted. I'm not a politician. I stay out of that stuff. Uh, But I have talked about Second Amendment rights. I have talked about my thoughts on making it harder to get uh, a gun and things like that here in the country. I think we need to definitely take a look at that. But it's such a hot topic. And like that's not my forte is to jump in. I would rather debate like are there UFOs or something than this topic. I leave this to the experts. But I will say I hate every single time that we have to talk about this. I hate every time that this happens. I hate what this means. So uh, anyway, uh, he started randomly shooting at people in the parking lot. This was late last night, Thursday night, and then went into the building and then killed four people inside and then killed himself. And they also, uh, um, at least five people were wounded in this. So I don't know. There is one quote from a witness who was working inside the building. Here is the direct quote. This is someone named Levi Miller. I see a man come out with a rifle in his hand and he starts firing and he starts yelling stuff that I could not understand. What I ended up doing was ducking down to make sure he did not see me because I thought he would see me and he would shoot me. One thing that is interesting, and uh, this is going to sound like weird advice. I've never heard anyone give this advice before, but a lot of people don't know what a gun sounds like. They've never been around a gun being fired. They don't know what it sounds like. And you'll often hear people, and not in this particular quote, but you'll hear people say all the time, 
it sounded like firecrackers going off, or I thought it was a car backfiring, or I thought someone had set something loudly down on the ground. I would encourage everybody here to go to a gun range, even if you don't want to fire a gun, even if guns are intimidating to you. If uh, you have an opportunity to go and hear what guns sound like in person, you don't even have to go into the gun range. You could just pull into the parking lot and roll your windows down if you'd prefer. You need to know what these things sound like. You need to understand what rapidly fired handgun or a shotgun or a rifle sounds like because you might find yourself in a situation like this one day. It doesn't really sound like fireworks, really. It doesn't sound like a car backfiring. It has a very distinctive sound. You need to know what that sounds like and you need to be able to react in that situation. And that's all I've got to say about that. Uh, Another gunman who had what they're saying had uh, mental issues, mental health issues, was shot and killed at the San Antonio International Airport. He drove the wrong way into a terminal. He opened fire. And uh, this was at 2.30 p.m. yesterday and just began firing his gun indiscriminately. An officer confronted him who opened fire at him and uh, the terminal building and the cop returned fire and killed him. Uh, So that apparently averted a mass shooting. I will say that the police officer in that situation probably knew exactly what gunfire sounded like and knew how to react to that. Um, Speaking of gun control, President Biden's new gun control actions uh, have been released and um, he's trying to act without Congress after gun legislation for years has been tied up in partisan and ideological uh, fights. So basically people know here in the United States, what maybe many people outside of the United States don't understand, which is um, Republicans, generally, and conservatives, we'll call them, generally are opposed to any kind of gun control. And liberals, uh, Democrats, are generally speaking for it. Because these two opinions are so strongly held and so different, it's very rare that any kind of gun legislation moves forward. I will say I know a lot of conservatives who are just as upset about any kind of mass shooting that uh, that happens as well as the uh, liberals are. I don't really see a difference in their reaction from an emotional standpoint, but I feel like the difference in reaction happens at the level of legislation where you have Republicans who are generally speaking unwilling to waver on gun control laws and liberals, Democrats who are absolutely for it and who would even prefer to eliminate all guns. It's almost impossible for these two different opinions to meet uh, in the middle. And I don't think that will ever happen. But if you want to learn more about uh, Biden's plan in detail uh, and some of these other issues, you can go to danbenjamin.live. And today is it episode 74. Well, anyway, you'll find today's show. I always name them by the title and that's where the show links will be for you. Uh, But what he's doing is he's introducing a series of measures that are supposed to curb gun violence. Uh, This is an article that's reported on the Wall Street Journal, uh, but I didn't need a subscription to read it for some reason. Uh, But it says uh, that he has issued a proposed rule aimed at stopping the proliferation of homemade ghost guns, which uh, have been growing in popularity in recent years. They can't be traced in criminal investigations because they don't have serial numbers because they can be like, you know, you can print them on your own 3D printer in some cases. 
Law enforcement officials are saying that they appeal to criminals because all the parts can be either created or bought online easily and assembled, and you don't need a background check. You can buy the parts from different places. You can buy them anonymously. People can basically create or assemble their own guns. It's not like they are going to go to a gun store where they've got to apply and get a background check done. These are things that you can buy and assemble and just make. Uh, and they're called ghost guns. And what Biden wants to do is he wants to see ghost gun kits treated as firearms uh, so that manufacturers will have to make key parts with serial numbers. And then if you're buying one of those key parts, you would have to uh, undergo a background check. So uh, I don't have a problem with that. In fact, uh, I think that's a great idea, but we'll have to see what actually happens. Um, let's talk a little bit about COVID stuff. Uh, oh, and Adolfo Foronda, sorry, I'm saying that wrong, in the chat room says, people inadvertently often run towards shooters because the sound of a firing gun bounced in all kinds of directions. Tell me more what you mean about that. I, um, I'm curious to know what that means. Uh, so talking about COVID a little bit. World Health Organization chief says COVID-19 infection rate is approaching the highest of the pandemic so far. This is in Geneva. The new number of COVID-19 cases per week has nearly doubled globally over the past two months, approaching the highest rate seen so far during the pandemic. Case, here's the quote. Cases and deaths are continuing to increase at worrying rates. This is Tidros Adonam Jebrisis said in a briefing. Uh, he said he was very worried about the potential for a much larger epidemic in PNG, and it was, uh, which is Papua New Guinea, and that it was vital the country received more COVID-19 vaccinations as soon as possible. Now, even though the article makes it sound like this is all of the cases, this is just in Papua New Guinea. And do you see how even the Reuters article headlines are misleading? Do you, do you hear that? Listen to this title. World Health Organization chief says COVID-19 infection rates approach highest of the pandemic so far. But again, he's focused on Papua New Guinea, which is in the Western Pacific. Um, that doesn't mean it's not important, but boy, that headline sure does mislead you, doesn't it? I need like a little, little jingle for whenever we come across one of those. So if you like make jingles, if you're watching the show and you, you make jingles, I would like to have a jingle for that. Uh, the Pfizer CEO came out with an announcement saying that it's likely that a third dose will be needed within 12 months after getting fully vaccinated. So once you're fully vaccinated with Pfizer, within 12 months, you're going to need a third shot. And uh, he is saying that it's also possible people will need to get vaccinated against coronavirus annually. I question the word need there. Of course, if you're making a vaccine you would say need, but I wonder what they mean by need. Will they need it? Will they want it? Do people need to get a flu vaccine, for example? I don't know. So I, I want to hear more about what he means by need. But here's the quote. A likely scenario is that where uh, there will be a likely a need. A likely scenario is that there will be likely a need for a third dose somewhere between six and 12 months. Then from there, there will be an annual revaccination, but all of that needs to be confirmed. And again, the variants will play a key role. Uh, so they basically are saying that, yeah, it's possible because what they're going to want to do is they're going to want to take anyone who's susceptible to the virus and suppress the number of people. 
Um, this is after Johnson & Johnson CEO Alex Gorsky told CNBC in February that people may need to get vaccinated annually. Researchers don't know how long the protection lasts. Pfizer said their vaccine is more than 91% effective uh, and uh, 95% effective against severe disease beyond six months. Moderna basically said the same thing, but Moderna has not made any statements about their thoughts on continuing boosters or additional vaccinations or things like that. Uh, I was reading an article this morning that for whatever reason, COVID-19 is deadlier in Brazil and India than it is anywhere else in the country, or I mean in the world rather, uh, but they don't know why. Brazil has about 214 million people. They've had 361,800 people die from COVID-19. That's more than double the number of deaths in India, which has a much bigger population, 1.4 billion. But they don't understand why. They know they're not comparing apples to apples. They just they just don't get it. Um, and uh, and then there's also other things in play here. Of course, you have to look at things like the mean age. The mean age is 26 years in India and 33 and a half years old in Brazil. But that still doesn't explain it. So um, there is a gym that defied lockdown. <laughs> they didn't close when they were supposed to close. People kept going. And guess what? They, it's linked to at least 580 infections and one death. Uh, this is in Quebec City. They refused to obey lockdown. And now almost 600 people uh, got it from there. And the guy that died was only 40 years old. Uh, they say that this was regular as well as the deadly, more, more deadly UK variant. I don't know if it's more deadly. This article says it is, but it's Yahoo News. So who knows? Uh, but yeah, the um, in June, police showed up at what was called Marino's Gym after a complaint that he had hosted a 5 a.m. 5 a.m. grand reopening of his family business, and um, they left. They didn't impose any fines or force him to close. And uh, yeah, he was um, he was worried. He says, "My biggest fear is going bankrupt. I have nothing to lose. If I'm fined fifty thousand dollars, I will add it to my debts. Either way, it won't make a difference since I'm going to go bankrupt. I've invested twenty five years of my life in this business, and I don't want to go out of business without doing anything. I would regret it all my life. I'm not the people's savior, but I'm just trying to save my business." So this guy defied the order to lock down, reopened his business because he felt like it. What about all the other people who felt like it? All the restaurants and businesses and all of the other companies and people out there who wanted to keep open their doors and didn't because they didn't want people to get sick and die. But because this guy wanted to, it's okay. What a jerk. What a jerk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry it's your family business, but don't be a jerk. How, how, tell me, convince me in the comments that he's not a jerk. Okay. I'm open. I'll admit that I was wrong about him being a jerk. Well, residential home sales uh, have been hitting peaks as high as they were back in 2006. Uh, but right now, and remember the big real estate bubble back then, but now they're saying it's very different than that. They're saying mortgages are stricter. They're not just writing out crazy mortgages to anyone like they did back in that time. Down payments are much higher. And of course, supply is much smaller. So uh, this is the biggest real estate market that we've had, like I said, since 2006 and it is absolutely crazy but they're saying that they're not seeing the kind of bubble happening before for example there's a real estate agent that they interviewed here they're saying on million dollar home purchases people are putting down five hundred thousand dollars it's not like it was where people were putting down nothing so they're not as worried about something bursting uh but there are 
you know, they're, they're, they're seeing stuff like we haven't seen in a long time, especially here in Austin. I'll tell you what. Jeff Bezos says Amazon needs to do a better job for its employees. This was his final letter uh, as CEO. You remember I told you uh, a few weeks ago that he was stepping down. He says that um, a company that is focused, in his words, relentlessly on the consumer is now going to be focusing relently, relentlessly on its employees. The quote is, it's clear to me we need a better vision for how we create value for employees. It's so crazy to me. That a company that's as big as Amazon and making as much money as Amazon isn't reinvesting that in the quality of life for its employees. It's just bizarre. Um, there's a quote here from um, uh, Stuart Applebaum, who's the president of Retail, Wholesale, and Department Store Union, which is leading this campaign to unionize and get Amazon employees unionized. He says, Bezos' admission today demonstrates uh, that we have all been, what we've all been saying about workplace conditions is correct. But his admission won't change anything. Workers need a union, not just another Amazon public relations effort in damage control. Strong words. So let's see if Amazon actually does anything to make their situation better or if people will have to keep peeing and pooping in containers. Uh, this was sent in by a listener. Uh, trial of uh, psilocybin, which are shrooms. I'm just not even sure if I'm saying that word right. Uh, is really, really good and even better than some of the best uh, pharmaceutical drugs at treating depression. Again, we're talking about microdosing and things like that. But they did a phase two double-blind random, randomized controlled trial. Those are all the things you want to see whenever they do a trial that involve patients with long-standing, moderate to severe major depressive disorder. And they compared uh, psilocybin with acetylopram which is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. They did this over a six-week time period. Patients were assigned uh, in a ratio of one-to-one -to, -one to receive two separate doses of shrooms. <clears throat> and uh, then there were people who did the placebo and all of this. But basically, it says the primary outcome was the change from baseline, and they felt better. In many cases, they actually went into remission and weren't depressed anymore, all from shrooms. And it makes me so happy to see all of these great studies being done on uh, THC and cannabis and on mushrooms, these natural substances that generally have very limited or easily mitigated side effects or no side effects at all and are not addictive and can be incredibly beneficial with very small doses. Like it's amazing. But of course, big pharmaceutical companies don't want this to happen because it hurts them. They want you to get addicted. I've talked about this so many times. They want you to get addicted to their drugs and their medicine that they make. And then they want you to take other drugs to address the side effects of the first drugs, right? So if you're taking one drug for um, depression, then you've got to take another drug that counteracts the dizziness that you feel when you're taking the first drug. But that one makes your mouth dry. So you've got to take this other one. It makes your mouth not so dry. But then that one gives you high blood pressure. So you get to take this anti-high blood pressure medicine. Turtles all the way down. Apple Music has revealed uh, how much they pay when you stream a song. That's kind of cool, right? Apple Music told artists it pays a penny per stream. This is a letter that was reviewed by the Wall Street Journal. It's kind of cool, right? Um, they are trying to show that they're artist-friendly. Spotify shared some details on how they pay. And um, they say that it can actually dip a little bit lower than this. But this is overall what they pay. That's about double what Spotify pays 
per stream. Spotify pays about one-third to one-half penny per stream. Uh, although its larger user base winds up generating more streams, so people or artists are still making more money with Spotify than they would be with Apple, even though Apple is paying more. So um, Ryan says in the chat room, uh, the incentive to maximize profits for shareholders is really at odds with the goal of keeping people healthy. And uh, Andy says, it's easy for me sitting in my home office doing completely remote tech job to see others' reactions to losing everything due to COVID as being strange when they're somewhat uh, rational, actually. I'm not sure what you're referring to there, but uh, tell me and I will make a comment on that. Uh, so remember I was telling you about some chip shortages a couple weeks ago? Intel, NVIDIA, and TSMC executives are agreeing that the chip shortage could last into 2023. This has to do with things like natural disasters, massive demands from OEM and consumers and all of this stuff of why I got to work from home now. Guess what? You're going to go buy a computer. You might even want a gaming computer or you might just want a really good graphics adapter inside of it. Well, yeah, they're saying that this could last a couple of years. And this is really bad. It's not just bad for them um, and their business and their bottom line, but it's bad for us consumers who might want to get a new computer. And there's some of us who have been working from home like me or around home in similar situations for a very, very long period of time. And I haven't needed to buy anything new to keep doing this stuff during the pandemic. But if you're on a schedule and my son is like, dad, I really want a new computer. His is like five years old. Now may not be able to get the chip for it. And that would kind of suck. Dogecoin, which was a uh, cryptocurrency that started out as a joke, is actually up 400% in a week. Um, isn't that crazy? It was based on the Doge meme of the little dog. Uh, it got popular. Uh, the joke got popular in like 2013. But now Dogecoin is worth $40 billion. $40 billion. And people are worried, of course, about a bubble in the cryptocurrency market. Yeah, there's, I will be absolutely shocked if there's not a bubble that doesn't burst really soon. Oh, some really good news. France has outlawed sex with children aged under 15. Way to get with the times, France. <sighs> um, a beloved teacher had a double life. He died in a cartel robbery. This is in Charlotte. Uh, the entire school community mourned his loss. Someone painted a large rock outside Union Academy Charter School in his honor saying, heart you, you know, where they do the little less than and the three, heart you coach in big blue letters. And his motto was all love, no fear. Okay. But then a shocking revelation. A sheriff across the state announced that Barney Dale Harris, who is this beloved president in the Moreau, North Carolina high school, had been killed in a gun battle while trying to steal drugs and cash from a Mexican cartel. Wow. They found his body. He was 40 years old. He taught Spanish. He coached varsity men's basketball. Uh, they found it inside a mobile home in Green Level, North Carolina. He was wearing a bulletproof vest that failed to save his life during what they were saying was like a Western shootout. Nice little double life going. And then the last thing that I'm going to tell you about today to send you off into the weekend. Now, keep in mind, this is in the Daily Star. A hybrid monkey-human embryo was... Let me Hold on. Let me start over. A hybrid monkey-human embryo was created in a lab for the first time. Well, I'll say for the first time that we know about. They say that this groundbreaking work could one day lead to a vast increase in the number of organs available for transplant, but some critics say it raises serious ethical questions. You think? 
uh, Juan Carlos Ispisua Belmonte, who is a professor in the Gene Expression Laboratories at the Salk Institute for Biological Studies in La Jolla, California, says the research could one day slash the waiting lists for organ transplants because you know that the demand is much higher than the supply. He said the, um, his team injected 25 IPS or induced pluripotent stem cells from humans into a number of macaque monkey embryos. Over 100 of the embryos remained viable, enabling scientists to study how the different types of cells interacted. Our goal is not to generate any new organism, any monster, Belmonte stressed, and we're not doing anything like that. We're trying to understand how cells from different organisms communicate with one another. This knowledge will allow us to go back and try to re-engineer these pathways that are successful for allowing appropriate development of human cells in these other animals. We are very excited. And uh, they, of course, were monitored in a lab for 19 days. Then they were destroyed. How do you feel about that? If you needed an organ, if you needed like a kidney or a liver or something like that, a heart, would you be willing to take it from a donor that was actually a weird genetic mutant monkey that had a human heart in it? Is that okay? Is it okay to mutate a monkey so that you can harvest its organs to save a person? Is a person's life more valuable than an animal's life? I think most people would, if you were to ask them, if you were to ask them, is a human life more valuable than an animal's life? What's your answer? I think most people would say yes, and I'll give you uh, some proof of that. Many of you who are watching or listening right now are going to go and eat some kind of animal product today. Maybe for lunch, you're going to have a turkey sandwich. Maybe for dinner, you're going to have a hamburger or a steak or pulled pork, or you're going to go to the barbecue place and eat something. That's possible. Uh, even if you just are drinking a glass of milk, animals made that for you. But if you're eating something that was once alive, like an animal, in a way you're kind of saying my life is worth more than this animal that I killed either directly or indirectly to survive. And I guarantee you that if you were stranded on an island and the only thing to eat on the island was some kind of animal, you'd probably get hungry enough to kill and eat the animal. In a way, in the back of your mind, you're saying my life is more important than this animal's life because if it wasn't, you'd starve to death on the island and not kill the squirrel or whatever you were going to try and eat. I don't think there's lots of squirrels on islands, but you know what I mean. Uh, and people who are vegan and vegetarian are proudly saying, <laughs> I, I don't do that. My life's not more valuable. Well, you're right in that sense. You've made a choice to put that first, but I don't know. I think, um, I think most of the people in the world do eat meat of one kind or another. So what's the difference? If you're willing to eat a hamburger why wouldn't you be willing to take an organ out of a weird mutant monkey and put it inside your own body? I mean, you wouldn't put it inside your body. The doctor would, I would think. But what do you think? Let me know in the comments. Uh, not in the chat room, but in the comments because I'm about to say goodbye. And I won't see them if they're here in the live chat. But put them in the comments. Let me know. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Dan Benjamin. I'm at Dan Benjamin on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you anywhere that you want to go. Follow me on Instagram for some fun pictures. Of course, you can support the show by just subscribing. It's free. Like and subscribe. And those of you who are watching, why not hit the like button? It helps the algorithms on YouTube that tells YouTube to uh, share the video with more people. It would help me if you chose to do that. And of course, please consider supporting the show on Patreon. It is how I make a living. 
directly. You can know that there are no sponsors here on this show, which means I get to say whatever I want about anything. Uh, but I need your support and help to do that. So please consider making a donation. That's patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. And uh, that's all I've got for you today. I hope you have a great weekend. I will see you Monday. And uh, I haven't forgotten about the little walkthrough tour. I've been working on that and uh, putting it together. And I hope that you guys like it once I'm done. So thanks again to everybody who is supporting me on Patreon. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, I'll see you all on Monday. Have a good one.